0: Buzz's Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes, like some of the weird, pretty dark stuff I saw on DNC Tinder in Philadelphia last night.
1: Oh, yeah. What 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 is that like?
0: Lots of white people being really weird. Well,
1: is it just native Philadelphians, or is it like you could, you t- could tell they were in town for the DNC?
0: Well, like like you could tell who was and who wasn't in Philadelphia because like there's like. Philadelphia people, which is everyone knows, are like, you know.
1: Yeah, they all have like what, like an Eagles jersey and a cheesesteak in their
0: hand? They're sort of like chuds, you know, they look (laughs) like they crawled out of a sewer to like get. They all look like people from Philadelphia have a very particular look. It's like, you know, I have a thigh tattoo and I work in a vegan bakery and like I have a septum piercing. Oh,
1: yeah, I know that look.
0: And then DC, it's like my family were slave owners (laughs) until very recently.
1: Um, well, you know, considering you were only in town for less than twelve hours, I'm glad that you checked out the scene there on oh, Tinder. Yeah.
0: I mean, well the first thing I do <laughs> in an Airbnb is obviously get completely naked and go on Tinder.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Hey, welcome to Internet Explorer. This is a very special episode because me and Katie are in the same room. This
1: is very exciting. Um, if you uh, have smell-o-vision on your... Uh, I was about to say iPod. Like, someone's listening on an iPod to If this. you're listening
0: to this on an iPod... <laughs> Let us know. That's wild.
1: Uh, please tell us please. if you are an iPod listener. Uh,
0: I think what you're trying to say is, though, I do not smell very good right now.
1: I think you actually probably smell fine.
0: I took a shower this morning. There you go. Yeah. So, okay, so me and Katie last night did a live show mm-hmm. for the DNC at, in Philadelphia... And, uh, yeah, I'm a little hungover this morning, basically. That's, that's the TLDR. That's
1: um, I think that if you could smell anything on your iPod through your scratch and stiff technology, smell-o-vision, it would be the, the reek of friendship. Wow. I'm Katie Natopoulos. That's Ryan Broderick. Hey. This is a podcast about the internet. It's yeah. through BuzzFeed. And
0: this week we're talking about politics, because- I think we we've ignored politics pretty much entirely since the beginning of the show. You know I'd
1: why say. politics suck?
0: They're, it's boring. <laughs> it's, it's boring. And this year, <laughs> though, Blech. this yeah. year's been pretty exciting. I mean, you got the Ted Cruz here, Zodiac Killer thing.
1: Yeah, that is exciting.
0: Um, I, did, I mean,
1: it's exciting that we finally solved the
0: Zodiac Killer we case. We did it. We finally <laughs> did it. I mean, there's just been a lot of memes. Yeah. Um, that are really weird. Yeah. And usually very racist.
1: I mean, and you know, like uh, Donald Trump is. An interesting internet phenomenon in and of itself, which I have very little interest in discussing too much in detail.
0: Yeah, I mean, for, or I haven't
1: mean, thus far.
0: For a show about the internet, like we've never talked about, like Milo Yiannopoulos, who very recently got banned from Twitter. Uh,
1: yeah, Milo is a writer for Breitbart. He's also a sort of general online agitator Twitter statement on it was that he was inciting harassment RIP that... R- R- at Nero yeah you
0: you you and Harambi <laughs> oh, are in heaven will I remember now
1: you? <laughs> will you remember me? you know I was having this deep thought the other day was it about 9/11 <laughs> it, it did happen in the bathroom and it was about 9/11 <laughs> okay. I would say, you know, something that we covered uh, probably over a year ago at this point was how teens, we're loosely describing teens as young like people, young, young, young people, people on the internet, think 9 11 is really funny. Yeah, I mean, right? it's yeah. like there's there's this reoccurring internet joke. Right. Jet fuel can't belt, melt steel beams. Bush did 9 11. Um,
0: Bush did Harambi.
1: Bush did Harambe. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, th- th- don't worry, I get to Harambe. <laughs> okay, cool. Oh,
0: so this 9/11 shower thought also involved Harambe. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so I was go. Thinking how, go, go, go. You know,
1: when when we talked about how teens think 9/11 is funny because it's sort of it's so long ago for them, they have no sort of real emotional connection to it right. in the way that older people might, um, and they're they're aware more of just the weird backlash and weird. World of thought that has gone along with the whole truther movement. Right. And so for them, it's just a punchline. It's funny. It has, like, it's meaningless. Yeah,
0: it's like Holocaust jokes. It's like, it's just like a, you say it, but actually it's even weirder than Holocaust jokes because yeah. it's not, because it's,
1: because with Holocaust jokes, you know that the only thing that's funny about them is that like it's really offensive. Right, I don't think people uh, even think the 9-11 jokes are offensive.
0: No, it's more like making fun of the culture of taking yeah. 9-11 really seriously.
1: But anyway, so I was thinking so about how... T- t- how does
0: this connect to Harambe? That's okay. co- let's get to the monkey.
1: You know, Harambe the gorilla who was... Shot and killed. Um, Senselessly. When it first happened, that for the first week, people were very serious about it. They were like, frankly, yeah. I have some opinions about whether or not they acted properly in the it way It was they, insane. Yeah, people people felt very strongly about the gorilla, and whether or not the zoo officials acted improperly or not. Um, the cycle that it went from being like, this is a serious thing that right. we are talking about seriously, that was like, hey, this beautiful, magnificent, rare animal was Sexy. killed, and a child's life was threatened, like, there, this, is, this is a crazy occurrence, and to now it's like, the dicks out for Harambe, it's like the butt of all jokes, it's like funny, because it's like kind of edgy, but like also just like kind of silly, and it's like, yeah, it's and it, like and talking it's, about a dead gorilla is funny. And
0: people are like putting it into weird stuff, sort of like Lost.jpg, which is another thing we talked about in a previous episode, where it's like this meme in the wild thing, where it's like, oh my god, is this, am I looking at a Haram? oh yeah, this is a Harambe joke. Right. Like, and you only notice it halfway through sort of thing.
1: But it's sort of this thing of that kids these days... The timeline between when they take something that is, like, a very serious, sad thing and then they're, like, making it into a joke it feels like it's maybe shorter and shorter and shorter. And yeah, perhaps so. part of that is every week there's something to be outraged about. Right. So why – so then you start to realize it's all fucking a joke anyways, right? Well, the,
0: it, what you're saying is true and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the inherent grotesquities mm-hmm. of, like, viral media. Yeah. So, like, a great example would be Chewbacca Mom, Mm -hmm. which started and it was like, wow, this is really wild. I can't believe this is popular. To, oh, my God, she's made enough money to, like, send 40 of her children to, like, college forever. Yeah. To, she has her own action figure. To Chewbacca Mom singing a Michael Jackson song in honor of the victims of the Dallas police shooting. Yeah. And it's like, it warps itself. And then people sort of... I think are like there will be a jadedness that comes with that, and so like the Harambee media cycle was first like, oh the boys safe, to, oh my god these parents are bad parents, mm-hmm. to, is saying their negligent parents a race matter, and then you get like that cycle right mm-hmm. where then people start fighting about that, and then you you know it was the zoo, you know irresponsible. and like this sort of thing we didn't have that with nine eleven, because. Right. It was only cable news. It, oh, yeah. And then when the internet jumped on to 9 like with loose change and post that, mm-hmm. then you start to see that sort of thing. Right. Where it's like, let's pick this apart and like make it completely absurd.
1: Yeah. I also wonder, I mean, I think part of it is that it seems like, you know, we all are, I don't know if it's just this moment in history in the summer of 2016, or perhaps it's, this has always been the case, but we get information more and more and news more and more than ever and faster. We're sort of overwhelmed by bad news happening all the time that is really serious and real. So when a story comes out about a gorilla in the zoo being shot, it's honestly not that meaningful compared to police shootings that have been happening that are really depressing and serious. Um, And, you know, compared to those things, uh, the fact that we cared so much about a gorilla for three days is kind of ridiculous.
0: I gotta say... to even bring it further back around to like what we we're going to be talking about this week is I think like Donald Trump Internet is the exact exploit of that sort of cycle where it's like I'm going to tweet out like literally whatever I fucking feel like whenever I feel like it because the anime Nazi Gamergate sort of sector of the Internet the, the chanter culture as our co- mm-hmm. our colleague uh, Joe Bernstein calls it is the same people that think Harambe Memes are hilarious. Like, they love memes. They love the gro- the grotesque nature of viral media. And I think Donald Trump literally is that. Like, he literally creates that. Mm-hmm. So, like, the minute he's, he transmits something, it's like, boom. You get an instant bullshit wave of craziness. Yeah. And people sort of feed on that. Even if they don't support Trump, I think they love and are sort of addicted to that. Uh, for instance, like with what happened with Melania Trump's speech, which we need to talk about because it's been like a week and it it's fucking crazy. Um, this is... She rickrolled us. She legit rickrolled America. That's fucking crazy.
1: So, obviously, in in a nutshell, um, Melania Trump, last week at the RNC convention, gave a speech talking about how great Donald Trump was. Um, Very normal, very standard. Um, She doesn't do a lot of public speaking or campaigning, so this was sort of a little unusual. And very quickly, uh, (laughs) someone noticed that parts of her phrases and concepts from her speech seem to be nearly identical to Michelle Obama's 2008 Democratic National Convention speech.
2: That your word
3: is your bond, that you do what you say you're going to do.
2: That your word is your bond, and you do what you say and keep your promise. That you treat people with dignity and respect. That you treat people with respect.
0: What because. I love about it the most is the way it was reported, which like almost feels like uh, like a disaster movie thing where it's like the scientist who's like, no one believed me, yeah. but the, the the earthquake was gonna happen all along, and it's like <laughs> it's like so and so was sitting on his couch when he realized, wait, I wrote those words, and it's like the way the New York Times <laughs> picked it up was like so ridiculous because it's like. Yes, it is a big deal. It's incredibly embarrassing that, like, what appears to happen is that Melania Trump literally, like, YouTubed yeah. some speeches. It's like, oh, that's cool. I'll do I'll do that. But, like, also the explosion after it is has been wild.
1: Right. So the way it sort of shook out was a day or so later uh, Donald Trump and his campaign sort of explained that the speech had been – Originally, Melania was given a speech by these sort of veteran speechwriters. She said, I don't like this speech, and I, um, I want to go with this woman named Meredith McIver, who is a longtime speechwriter for right. the Trump family. And I trust her, and together we're going to come up with a speech together. And so it was this all of a sudden sort of outsider who doesn't normally do political speeches who helped her write the speech. Um, and that person <laughs> is particularly interesting, and yes. that's what we're going to talk about right now. Because there has been so her name is Meredith McIver.
0: I'm going to just come out and say it. I don't think she's real. Like that's the main theory. You're but a truther. I'm Meredith McIver. I'm a Meredith, a, I'm a Meredith McIver truther. until I see the woman come on television and or a see actually at this point like, if a woman came on TV and was like I'm Meredith McIver I'd be like are you are you just a crisis actor like a fit- <laughs> like.
1: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, an article in the New York Times about this woman, Meredith MacGyver, came out and uh, had some basic biographical details. She had been a former ballet dancer. Uh, Same. She works for the Trump Organization. She, you know, doesn't have politics experience. She kind of does this other stuff. Um,
0: well, because like that's also like the ongoing theme of the Trump campaign. It seems like where it's it's just like a couple like a bunch of people who are like, yeah, I'll help.
1: <laughs> so not that long after. She was revealed to be the speechwriter behind the gaffe. People started a rumor, a theory, a conspiracy theory Yes, that she's fake and that she does not exist and that the Trump campaign came up with a fake person that they were pinning this mistake on who doesn't actually exist in real life.
0: Well, and it's not totally unfounded because also Donald Trump has had a really insane history of inventing. People.
1: right so there is back in the 80s there were people who would you know work at like new york magazine or something and he would call them up pretending to be uh his own publicist and he would be like hey i'm ryan broderick the publicist for donald trump and i need to tell you that he's a great guy right um and apparently he like used this sort of fake pr- publicist persona like several times and his like someone denied it but someone's been like yeah i don't know there's like
0: there's ongoing records so there's, you can look them up there's precedence like, yeah, for this
1: there's th- precedence it's not t-
0: okay yes it is totally insane if the trump campaign did invent a fake woman to write a <laughs> plagiarized speech but it's not totally insane to well, yeah
1: yeah and um part of i think what fueled this speculation was that people on the internet were completely shocked and flummoxed and it just made their head spin when they quickly sort of searched Facebook and Twitter for her right. and she's not on Facebook or Twitter.
0: And everyone knows the way the internet works is if I can't <laughs> find it in a basic Google search, it must be true and fake.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, so people were immediately sort of stymied by the fact that Meredith McIver doesn't really exist on social media, which, to be fair, she's... Like, a middle-aged woman, that's kind of normal. Um, they, they believe it, that she must be fake.
0: It is and it isn't, right? Because, like, it's also, like, she's now, like, writing speeches for a politician. So there's like, it's it's a weird thing about the Trump campaign that's been there since the beginning, which is, like, he literally just, like, put together a thing with random people and they don't really have a lot of experience in right. politics. So it's this insane th- force, Right. According to Snopes.com, I wanted to I wanted to pull this up to get an official ruling. They're saying that she exists, but I still don't yeah. believe it.
1: So um pretty quickly after Donald Trump announced this sort of story, the speechwriter was this woman, Meredith MacIver, who works for me. She offered to resign, but I said, no, 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 please don't resign. Like right. this was an honest mistake, and we're 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 happy with you. Um as soon as her name went out there, a couple hours later, all of a sudden, she does show up on Twitter.
4: Mm. Um, and there's
1: a Twitter account, I, Meredith McIver. Um, and people started reading these tweets, and it looks like her. You know, part of the other thing that people were a little uh, confused about was that there were not very many pictures of her out there, and some of the pictures she looks very different in. Right. But, you know...
0: I mean, here's a crazy thing. You know, she,
1: look, 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 look at pictures of us on the Internet. We clean them up around the ice. If you saw us in real life, we're hideous gargoyles. It's true.
0: It's true. I, I look vastly different in all kinds of photographs. <laughs> Another crazy thing about this, though, is that they found her voter registration. Yeah. And she's registered as a Democrat. Yeah. Which well. is, like, even more incredible. Like, the whole thing is crazy. And, like, also the Internet loves a good catfish.
1: So, speaking of catfishes. Yep. Shortly after Donald Trump mentioned who she was... Um, and it was reported out there that woman Meredith McIver was the one who cop you know copied the speech, um, a Twitter account for her all of a sudden popped up a, co- a couple hours after Donald... We, should play, first the, twist, we twist should play out. the
0: X-Files theme song right now. Yeah, okay, set in the mood. all right. So
1: people took this Twitter account at face value, of um, course. not noticing that it had only been created a couple hours ago. I mean,
0: who would lie on Twitter.com?
1: Um... And one person who became incredibly skeptical of the the idea that this Twitter account was perhaps a catfish was Catfish's own Max Joseph. Oh man, S <laughs> N Max from Max and Neve from Catfish.
0: Silver-haired Max. Yeah, guy. yeah, the guy yeah.
1: who's always holding the camera.
0: Okay, so they sometimes cut to his camera. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's
1: because it's like it's a it's a stylistic choice to have it a mix of showing them doing the research on the computer and then they cut to Max's actual camera and it's like he's usually doing the like close up on the computer or maybe the like close up on like someone's face. I th- I think it's just a stylistic choice.
0: Do you think they're in love with each other? I do.
1: I think
0: I I'm convinced that they're in love with each other. I want them to be in love with each other.
1: I Feel like they have a weirder relationship than we would imagine. I think that that's it. a lot of it's not about love. I think a lot, I I bet like a little bit they hate each other's guts.
0: You think it's like a detective sort of partnership?
1: I get the impression that like Max is like Max is like trying to be like a real movie director. He directed that Zac Efron movie.
0: He directed that movie? Yeah.
1: Okay, so there's like a whole episode, a whole season where he's like, "Here's my guest host, Tyler Oakley." And it's like a guest host because Max isn't there because Max is busy directing the Zac Efron bomb that was like one of the greatest bombs in history forever.
0: Yeah, apparently like it made like no, mo- it made yeah, negative like <laughs> negative monies.
1: Um, so I suspect that like you know Neve is like a little bit more of like a showman. He's like a little bit of a clown. He's you know
0: Neve. I I get I get like a like a like a Jimmy Fallon sort of vibe where I'm like I don't want to hang out with you in real life.
1: I mean, he did that weird, like, photo shoot about, like, his girlfriend being pregnant. And he's, like, affiliated with that what weird atten- that's, like, attention ATTN. Oh, yeah. And, like, Max is, like, I'm the serious movie director. And, like, he seems, like, a little older, a little calmer. Like, I bet he sometimes is, like, eye-rolling him, like, at Eve. Yeah. That's my theory. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> so Max Joseph on Twitter starts... He starts getting into the conspiracy, and he now thinks that the—he's trying to unmask the Meredith McIver Twitter account. To me, it seems very clear that uh, the Meredith Iver Twitter account was created by a jokester as a way to try to trick people into thinking that this was the real Meredith McIver on Twitter. But it was—I think Meredith McIver is a real person, and she's just not on the internet, and— whoever created this account is pretending to be the it, real Meredith MacGyver. I believe that Meredith MacGyver exists and works for Donald Trump.
0: It was me. It was, it was I'm Ryan. a Twitter account.
1: Um, but so, I mean, this this rumor was persisting um we had uh one of actually a former internet explorer guest ellie hall yep um who one of her journalistic talents is she's someone who can like she can find anyone she's a
0: sleuth so she did a ellie did a whole rundown on meredith MacGyver and Mm -hmm. she could prove that meredith MacGyver exists and is a real person but could not find her which is very fascinating Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So, there's all sorts of information. Like, there's Meredith McIver who, like, owns an apartment in New York City, who's registered to vote, who has all these, like, very typical things that an adult... It's almost too typical. (laughs) (laughs) ...that an adult person who just isn't on the internet a lot. I mean, I don't know. Like, she's a little bit older. Maybe, you know, not everyone's on the internet. Or, like, not everyone's on social media. Um, but so this this rumor was persisting. Um, someone started DMing me about this. They were like, hey, Katie, I got this hot tip for you. And I was like, all right. And so his tip was about uh, the Meredith. He was like, check out like what's, what Max from Catfish is doing. Um, he's uncovering Meredith. MacGyver. Wait, that was
0: their tip was go look was at like, this I believe the celebrity's fake. Twitter account.
1: And I was like, oh, OK, yeah. Like we've actually BuzzFeed has reported about this. Um, we concluded that she is in fact real, right? Um, and he's like, no, 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 I think, but like, no one's actually like called the Trump organization. I'm like, I'm sure somebody <laughs> has done, like, c- please. So
0: this person's hot tip was go look at a celebrity's Twitter account who's uh, who's doing this, and then call Donald Trump and ask him about they,
1: it. Yeah. Um, so this person just doesn't believe that anyone sort of did their diligence, uh, which you know what, hey. Fair enough.
0: I don't trust the white liberal media elite f- in the northeast of America. Yeah. The, the New York liberals. Well,
1: but to be fair... Media people. New York liberals would be more likely to be extremely excited by the idea of believing she's a hoax almost, than it would to be like, yeah, she's just a real person.
0: Yeah, almost too excited.
1: Um, so, you know, I sort of was like, okay, look, it seems very clear to me what's going on. This Twitter account is fake, but the woman is real. Yesterday... I got an email. Ooh. Information regarding Meredith McIver's Twitter account with information misspelled.
0: (laughs) Okay. I'm in.
1: Okay. Uh, Okay. Buckle up.
0: That's a good, that's a good like email marketing technique. Yeah. Just to misspell your subject line. That's a that's a hot tip.
1: Yeah. It says, and the email is from someone, it's Meredith at trumppr.org. Okay. Um The message reads. Uh, By now you have seen the Meredith MacGyver Twitter account, which is full of photos, videos, etc. This dot 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 is hard to say, but here's the truth of it. I worked for the Trump campaign in Cleveland last week doing some light digital work as needed. On Wednesday, as the statement was released regarding the plagiarism controversy, I was approached by campaign staffers to create a Twitter account for this persona as part of what was described as, quote, a grassroots effort to help squash the scandal before it could become something bigger.
0: I think I'm more confused now.:
1: Okay. Well, I think they believed the statement would be widely accepted. They apparently wanted to ensure there was something to fall back on as people began to inevitably ask questions. Uh, what? So what he's saying is that Meredith is fake. she was always set up, like she was always a fake person, and that they thought that people would just accept that Meredith existed, you know, Wait, and move so, on so and: that Is the, this woman real?: Hold on.: Oh my God. I didn't ask about Meredith McIver's identity, and I don't think they would have told me anyway, obviously. But hell, I wanted to see where this went. Um, So a few of us worked on this Twitter account through the weekend, and honestly, I'm coming forward because I'm amazed at the length to which this campaign will go, largely unchallenged. I'm an independent, but very interested in the political realm. And I volunteered at the RNC because I figured it was a a once-in-a-lifetime chance. And frankly, Uh, I'm pretty blown away that this is what they had me do with my time. What the fuck? (laughs) I'm expected, along with a few other people, to keep Meredith active on Twitter for the rest of the week. And then it's a link to the Twitter account. Feel free to do what you want with this information. Now, so what this person is claiming...
0: Okay. Is Meredith... Let me me see if I can put this together. Okay. This person is claiming... That Meredith McGIver is not a real human being. Uh-huh. And that in an effort to cover up the fact that <clears throat> Melania Trump literally YouTube searched cool vids uh-huh. and stole...
1: Cool speech vids.
0: ...stuff to make her speech... Right. ...used this fake person that the Trump campaign just had. They just like, oh, we got a bunch of shit already sort of lined up for this fake person, including like voting records and all kinds of stuff. Uh-huh. So they, they went through... The huge effort to literally create a paper trail right. mm-hmm. for this fake person. And then I'm to believe mm-hmm. what this person is claiming is that after doing all the crazy bullshit yeah. to make it look like it's a real person, yeah. they're literally just like, oh, register a Twitter account and like, put some shit yeah, on it. Yeah,
1: that they just enlisted just, like, some, some random volunteer who's not even part of the campaign who just showed up at the Cleveland RNC. Uh, they asked him to run the Twitter account that is part of the massive, massive conspiracy and cover-up.
0: That is somehow more bonkers... Than the previous theory of that this that this person like the idea that like the Trump campaign invented a fake person and then literally did zero effort on the internet to make it look like this fake person was real after doing a shitload of effort to make it look like they did exist is crazy.
1: So, I mean, yes, and I believe that whoever this person who emailed me uh, wanted me to believe that this was an intriguing conspiracy. And that that as a journalist, I would be hungry to expose the fact that Meredith MacIver was never real. And that the Twitter account was created by a lowly volunteer staffer um, as part of a massive cover-up and conspiracy. And the way that I would know that this was a real person was partly that they um, had emailed me from the account of Meredith at TrumpPR.org. So I was like... TrumpPR.org. That sounds like maybe hmm, not a real site. And I quickly looked up the who is information for it, and it was made like the same day. <laughs> like it was, someone registered that domain like two days ago. Wow. So what a
0: roller coaster ride. So what you're saying so, is Meredith McIver is not real? No. <laughs> it's so fucking stupid. And it also goes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is that like the Trump campaign and Donald Trump himself. Just does shit. And then we, as a culture, have to just like – it's like it's like he gets up on a big toilet. I go, actually, it's sort of like these glass toilets that they have in strip clubs in Tokyo I heard about <laughs> where you get on – like a woman gets on this glass toilet and she shits in the glass toilet. And then men sit beneath the glass toilet and they watch from the bottom up as she shits into the glass toilet. But that's what Donald Trump does to the internet. And we are just, like, staring at his shit and trying to, like, sort through it.
1: In this case, what I believe is happening is that Donald Trump has not done anything faking or... No. There's there's nothing on actually Trump or his campaign's part that has been trying to create a fake persona. Meredith McIverson is a real person. She just isn't on social media. Someone out there created this fake Twitter account pretending to be her as a way to sort of, like get attention for themselves and, like, perhaps they dislike Trunk and they some of the tweets, you know, to make a more mockery of her, of this woman. Right. Um, And it became kind of clear that people realized that the Twitter account was fake, including myself, who I told someone over DM, I think the Twitter account is fake, but the woman is real. So then someone started emailing me saying, yes, of course the Twitter account is indeed fake, It's, but it's not that it's just some random jokester doing it it is actually the trump campaign see, see doing this it. is what i'm
0: talking about this is the glass toilet full <laughs> of shit like it's just like it's craziness it's 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 do- the donald trump campaign literally giving zero fucks about what they do and then the entire country going like well we have to make sense of this somehow well but
1: see you're getting you're getting swindled you're believing this person who's claiming no no that- no what okay. i'm
0: what i'm saying is melania trump g- googled cool cool vids yeah. stole some st- shit got on stage in front of millions of people and just fucked up really bad. Yeah. And then the Trump campaign did like the bare minimum of acknowledging that she fucked up. And because it was so unprofessional of dealing with it, we expecting more out of reality are like, well, we got to in the blank somehow, mm-hmm. and the internet just does that. So it's like, oh, now there's like this insane conspiracy and web of lies, and like completely bonkers <laughs> fucking network of catfishing going on. And of course, the dude from actual the show Catfish is yeah. involved well, because the internet is just full of bored fucking people, and now it just could go forever. Like, I'm gonna tell my grandchildren about, like, you know, yes, I think Meredith <laughs> McIverson wasn't real. Like,
1: so this person who emailed me claiming to work for the Donald Trump campaign has never worked for the Donald Trump campaign. They probably hate Donald Trump, and they are trying to further humiliate him by insinuating to journalists that his campaign was the one that created the catfish account in the first place, which is just not true, and we can tell because the email that he claims to be his official Trump PR email was created only two days ago.
0: I am vastly more confused than I was going into this, but...
1: All you need to know is Meredith McIverson is a real person. She just isn't on social media. I mean, and that's, that's what you're campaign. trying to
0: convince me of, but I think you've convinced me of the opposite.
1: I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Until I meet her in the flesh, yeah. I guess, you know, hey, look, anything could be true.
0: I, you know.
1: Um, but I think in this case, what we have is we have someone who is anti-Trump, who is very determined to try to convince journalists that uh, the Trump campaign was... Creating a vast conspiracy of lies, uh, which instead of a vast conspiracy of lies, they just kind of hired a bad speech writer. Sometimes the simplest answer is the right one.
0: I mean, I I think that this is a fake person who was invented in a vast conspiracy to cover up. The death of Harambe the gorilla.
1: <laughs> I mean, I definitely believe that That's, Harambe is somehow
0: Somehow. Involved. What if
1: the original like what okay, so <laughs> you know, this sort of original I think it was in the New York Times the story came out that these two veteran speechwriters, they gave Melania a yeah, a draft. They're like, We think this is a great speech. Yeah. And she's like, I hate it, no way. Yeah, yeah. What if it was like that speech and they were like, but you know, it was a great speech. We've been doing this for years. What if the speech was really like? <laughs> Harambe, we miss you. <laughs> <laughs> we love you. It was just all about Harambe and Milani was like, No. Here's a uh, here's a uh, thousand words How about, about a gorilla. Yeah. Can you
0: please read this out? She's like, That's strange. Yeah, and she's like, No. No, thank you. Nice.
1: So last night at the show in Philadelphia, uh, we played a fun live game with some members from the audience. Right. We asked people when they came in to fill out a little card that described their political uh, platform if they were to run for president. Right. And we were... Specifying to people, we don't want to hear about like tax reform. And Nothing stuff.
0: serious. No you fucking actual. We want, actual like, we want like, serious a stuff. fun
1: idea. And, and
0: weirdly, we got a bunch of people writing the same thing, which is that they wanted Chick Fil A to be open on Sundays.
1: Chick Fil A continues to be very politicized in this sense I'm of that uh, is people's number one wish for it.
0: I'm not going anywhere near Chick Fil A in this in this political climate. But we did get three <laughs> really good suggestions. We had three amazing contestants.
1: Yeah, they all had. Impeccable platforms. I would vote on a ticket for all of them. In fact, if if obviously uh, Trump and Hillary listen to this podcast, uh, yeah. they should take note of some of these ideas. I think that if they could incorporate those into their platform, people would definitely vote for them. We really tip them over the edge in a tight so. election.
0: I think. I think we really we may, made some amazing new ground. <laughs>
4: My name is EJ, and I'm here representing dresses and skirts with pockets. Woo! Thank you. Wow! Ladies, thank you, sorry, thank guys. you.
0: you sorry, just go, just go, she oh, one, sorry, sorry guys. That's
4: Ladies, it. how many times have you put on your favorite dress, and all you need to put in your purse is your lip gloss, obviously, because you need your lip gloss, and your cell phone, and you just want to be able to pop it in your pockets? Right, right, can I get, right, right? I think every dress should be made with pockets, hidden pockets, big pockets, little pockets, all we need all the pockets, we need all the pockets. And skirts too, and guys, I, I didn't forget about you, how many times have you left with your wife, girlfriend, friend, side piece, whatever, and she made you put her phone, lip gloss, tampons, uh, her boyfriend, whatever, in your pockets, and now your pants are halfway down to your knees, you're sick of it, if she had pockets, she could have just put it in her pockets instead. Many, right? Right? You feel me? Yes? So I think I'm all so dressed. I'm so fired up about pockets, okay? pockets. right now. Pockets. Oh my God! Wow. Pockets! Pockets, wow. Pockets, pockets, wow. Pockets, <laughs> pockets!
1: Pockets! Pockets!
0: You pockets, should not have pockets. gone first.
1: Now, now, listen, I, I have some concerns about this platform. Um, one of them is obviously uh, if every dress, all of a sudden, are we going to retrofit these uh, dresses and skirts to add in pockets? You I know? mean, in my platform, we're actually going to start selling pockets
4: that can be easily attached to dresses you already have. Oh, shit. Very very cheap <laughs> dollar store versions. I mean, it ranges mm-hmm. from dollar store to, you know, Blue okay. Lehman markets, depending on where you want to go with it. I'm just that.
1: concerned that the additional pocket cost is going. To raise the manufacturing costs for our American made uh, apparel manufacturers, driving jobs out of the country. Yeah, what about big pockets? Yeah, I'm I'm
4: very glad that you brought that up. (laughs) We are going to make sure that we utilize American made pockets only. Only. Is is there going to be like a tax subsidy for? pocket manufacturers no tax subsidy you know when they're making all those other things <laughs> like those skinny jeans that no uh, you know guys wear sometimes and we don't want them <laughs> all that extra material they have they're just going to use that for the pockets okay so no additional okay. tax okay. All,
1: right. all right all right uh yvonne uh are you from philadelphia i am not you're where not from, where are you from
2: i'm from mexico
1: from mexico yes how do you feel about um the possibility of American pocket manufacturing jobs being driven into your home country?
2: Um, honestly, I love it, but I, I, I'm not gonna lie, there are more important things that our country has to face right now, well, and that us, is why I'm right here. Yeah, what's, what, your platform? what's your platform? My platform is, if I was your president, the very first thing I would take care of is to increase funding for Hangover Cure Research. <laughs>
0: what do you guys think about Hangover Cure Research?
1: Um, Ivan, this is something that's very near and dear to my heart, personally. <laughs> um, <laughs> as someone who hasn't had hangovers in a long time, I really miss them. Um, and I would love to hear more about how you plan yeah. how would you, on doing this. How would you implement doing this research?
2: Well, I'm not going to lie again, I'm, I'm, I know I look like an idiot, but I take my advice from very smart people around me. And um, I'm gonna surround myself with people that make better decisions than I do and we're gonna fix this thing We're gonna fix it so well. It's gonna work so nice.
0: You won't even you, believe it I don't know what it's like in Mexico, but that's way too reasonable for America <laughs> That's like a that's a bad move.
1: I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of vague promises yeah. that I don't think that you really have a plan she, to put in place. She Look, had a plan for life, pockets. She had a plan.
2: Life is vague and <laughs> we, don't, we don't know what we have coming for us all that we know is that it takes what it takes to get through life and that is drugs and alcohol but they come with consequences and as your president I'm going to get rid of those consequences happy times all around
1: Um, do you have a particular hangover cure that you would like to share with people right now that is personal yes yeah
2: smoking weed nice (laughs)
1: let's hear it for weed
2: um, Here's a weird fact.
0: Last time I was wearing a dress, I was very hungover, and I didn't realize it had pockets, and I put my hands like, down like, instinctually to find pockets, and it did have pockets, and it was a magical moment. It was, there was nothing like it. Anyways, okay, take a seat, take a seat. Last one so, up. So, but
1: you're sort of, you stra- right there, you're one of those like, voters who's like, I kind of see both platforms, right? I think I see... Th- I have hangovers, I like dresses with pockets.
0: I think it could go, I think it could go together perfectly. All okay. Right. Our last platform. <laughs> Introduce yourself.
3: Hi, my name is Antoinette Cummins.
0: And what is um, your platform?
3: My platform is that it is a requirement for when you come into a house, preferably mine, that you take your shoes off. Yeah. Hashtag no street germs, cause there's shit on your shoes. Wow. So, so we're talking like the model. Japanese
0: model with like house shoes?
3: So, it, what it's gonna be like is um, um, everyone should have slippers for their guests. But I think that people will take some responsibility and bring their own house slippers. So there will be a variety of slippers for you. I, to got, I
0: gotta stop you because I know you feel very strongly about this. I feel before you dive in here, so you're envisioning a world where uh, the, uh, the, the voter who would vote for you uh, would be, would have to bring their own shoes to slip into in places.
1: Yeah. I mean, what are you going to yeah. do, put them in your dress pockets? So there are slippers, Pairer, what if you're too, all the time? What if
0: the hangover cure hasn't arrived fast enough and you can't remember to put shoes in your dress well, there pockets? Well, are,
3: there are, for women who wear heels and then three hours in go, fuck this, there are slippers you can put on that, like, fit in your back pocket. So it's not unreasonable, It's totally doable, and if you don't like cleaning your house, this makes your life a lot easier. And I also like to, like, roll around on the floor sometimes. So Wait,
0: hold on. Explain some... <laughs> What is that? I
3: mean, when you're is watching
1: it? TV. That sounds like something that, like a, uh, that
3: Yvonne yeah. might be able to help sometimes with. Sometimes when you're, like, <laughs> watching TV or you're, like, doing stuff,
4: just,
0: you just, sort <laughs> so of you just roll? like
3: to be on the floor, you know, just, like, be one with the ground, and I just don't want street germs on my body.
0: When I watch TV, sometimes I hold my foot like a baby. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know why I do it. It's
3: just very important, especially now with some of us purchasing homes, I think that we really want to think about um how we preserve our homes in that carpet so no Um, more street germs
1: i mean owning a home that is part of the american dream yeah you know very do you want your baby on street germs (laughs) (laughs) think won't someone think about your baby i mean here's my personal feeling Mm -hmm. i am very strongly against your plan here (laughs) i love wearing shoes indoors and when i i know people who when you go over to their house you have to take your shoes off. And whenever I do that, whenever I go to a friend's house and they're like, mm, take your shoes off, you know what I think? My, get your, get your laws off my feet,
0: you know? <laughs> so you, so want la- I wanna keep my shoes on. So, so Katie, you're What like
1: if a- there's like a piece of glass or something? But there
3: won't be because people, people should have clean homes. So, so Katie,
0: you're like a shoe libertarian, sort of.
1: I think that I should have the right to wear my shoes in other people's houses well, if I prefer. Can- then I mean... Thank you! Thank you!
0: All yeah. right, okay, guys, guys. I this find is... it
3: uncomfortable
4: Katie, to walk
0: Katie, this has got... Okay, you've, you've, you've riled her up. You Take a seat, take a seat. very passionate. People are screaming in the audience. All okay, right. <laughs> okay. Before this goes full, like, booing Bernie bros thing, um... <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started yet! <laughs> okay. Can we... let's start let's start with Hangover Cures. Yeah, so... Let's hear it for Hangover Cures. Okay.
2: Oh okay. Okay, Let,
0: let's hear it for House Shoes. Oh
1: Divisive yeah, <laughs> Wow devices. Um, All right Dresses with pockets Let's hear it <laughs> Wow um, Okay
0: so I guess House shoes won no. I
1: think that Some of the uh, People at the DNC Might want to take note Of these popular yeah. platforms That really uh, that If was Hillary exciting. Clinton was like I promise Dress with pockets That's it I think she'd Get a lot of
0: Okay. Both. So, so you guys will all be getting a bunch of busted swag. Thank you, guys, for coming up. Let's hear it one more time for all of our contestants and dresses Yay. for pockets. Um, and house shoes. Stay safe going down back in there. That's
1: tough. So. Anyone who, we had a great time last night uh, in Philadelphia. We did a live show with Tracy Clayton from Another Round, Evan McMorris, Santoro from the No One Knows Anything Politics podcast. Yeah. Um, it was a great time. I think everyone had fun.
0: If you're an Another Round fan, uh, I should mention that I defeated Tracy Clayton in and debates.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Before we end this week's show, We decided last minute to add a segment in about Marina Joyce. You guys have tweeted us a ton about it. And basically, over the last 24 to 48 hours, the internet has been convinced that this 19-year-old fashion vlogger from North London had been kidnapped. And that she was secretly putting messages about it in her videos so that her fans could help her escape. It's totally crazy. Uh, Once again, YouTube is awful, don't be a YouTube star, go be a normal kid, you know, whatever Um, And we're actually going to go over to Alan White, a senior reporter for BuzzFeed in the UK And he's the one who's sort of been at the center of this whole story for us He he blew a lid wide open on this this crazy thing And um, hopefully he can uh, break down the nuances of this story for you guys better than me or Katie could
5: Hello, I'm Alan White, I'm a reporter with BuzzFeed News in London, and this is the story of Marina Joyce in 90 seconds. Marina Joyce is a 19-year-old YouTuber who makes fashion vlogs. A few months ago, people began to get concerned about changes in her expressions on her videos, the way that she changed her manner. They then started looking at a video she released uh, very recently in which she was trying on a dress, and they felt that she had hidden the words, help me, uh, 13 seconds into the video. As a result of this, the hashtag SaveMarinaJoyce began to trend all over the world. It was full of crazy conspiracy theories that she'd been kidnapped. People said that they could see the kidnappers reflected in her eyes. They thought she was burying messages asking for help in her tweets. Uh, She then tweeted about a party that was taking place in East London and Twitter got completely the wrong end of the stick on this and decided that it had to be a message that had been put out by her kidnapper. Uh, It was therefore an ambush that by this point we'd decided was uh, set up by ISIS apparently Uh, to defuse the situation she did a live stream That only exacerbated things People started reading into her body language And saying that she was burying more messages Asking for help in there The police visited her as a result of all this hysteria And did a welfare assessment And decided that she was fine and hadn't been kidnapped It's possible that Marina Joyce is suffering personal issues But we don't know and it's none of our business Her friends have tweeted that she's basically safe and well And it's taken 24 hours for Twitter to finally calm down That's the story Marina Joyce in 90 seconds on The Dot Thank you Oh, uh, oh, I do want to give a shout-out to
0: Twitter user Becca Green.
1: Okay, shout-out um, to Becca Green.
0: She um, came by our live show last night and gave us literally the best donuts I've ever eaten in my entire life.
1: <gasps> Wait, those were from a Twitter user? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Those donuts were really, really good. They are
0: unbelievable! I they believe they're federal donuts.
1: Shout-out federal donuts if in that's, Philadelphia. That's what it's called. Um, thanks for everyone who uh, came out to that. Uh, it was a fun time. Um, you know who
0: didn't do anything for yeah. last night's event? Uh, our producer, Julia Furlong. Yeah. Literally did fucking Literally off. did nothing. Um, also, Meg Kramer, mm-hmm. fucking nothing. 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 She
1: put on a blazer and was like, look at me, look I'm businessman." businessman."
0: Me. I'm a, I'm a I'm fucking, I got a blazer on, like a, yeah. Ja- like a jack-off. Yeah. And Eleanor Kagan, fucking
1: no. didn't even show up. No. So, whatever. And, uh, you know, our engineer, Paul Rest at Argo Studios, he was too busy working at Tom again in the Liberty Mall in Danvers, Massachusetts, which apparently was actually a job he had as a young teen. A teen, yeah, he was a teen. Um, so he could, he didn't show up at all.
0: No, he wasn't. No. He didn't come to Philadelphia. He didn't care. And he, here's the thing. I want to take another moment just to shout out uh, the one-armed juggalo waiter that used to serve me <laughs> at the Denny's <laughs> across the street from the Liberty Tree Mall. And the Internet
1: Wait, isn't there a new one yeah, waiter? and I the Internet
0: listener who emailed us to tell us that there's a new one-armed waiter at the Denny's across the street from the Liberty Tree Mall, which I think that's where we should do our live show, is the Denny's.
1: I think so. Um, and of course, obviously, thanks to the Liberty Mall for sponsoring all our podcasts all these years. They pay us uh, personally under the table thousands and thousands of dollars. We uh, have unlimited plays
0: on the DDR machine at the Fye. <laughs> uh, we can play all the dance dance revolution yep. we want.
1: We're actually we 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 do this purely for uh, the orange Julius kickbacks.
0: Oh my god, I love orange Julius hot dogs. I think the first real Christ actor was Jackie Onassis during the JFK. Oh, shooting. see, I was
1: gonna say it was Mary Todd Lincoln. <laughs> 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 My husband's a child. I
0: just wanted to enjoy the opera. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow. We're really sorry to the Lincoln family oh, right now for that. This is
0: why we don't do shows about politics. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. <laughs>